Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. And last week we talked about Hallel the Elder, and we talked about how we're going to be discussing kind of the two main schools of thought right before Jesus hops on the scene. So Mark has the house of Shammai this week. And so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we'd encourage you to do that to better inform yourself for where we're headed today. So Mark, you've got grumpy old Shammai. So this is really fun because if you understand Shammai and the way he thinks about the text and how to live it out, you'll understand all of the people Jesus is arguing with in their Hmm. conception of how to interpret and practice Torah. Okay. And you'll understand that Jesus seems a lot of times to be coming from the perspective of Hillel Mm -hmm. and saying, yeah, but what's the heart of it? What's the heart of it again and again, but you'll understand that Shammai He's not just a grouch, right? Like yeah. if you if you read Shammai, you'll be like, man, does he just hang out with Oscar all the time? Or does he <laughs> live in a trash can? Yeah. Um, but, oh, by the way, did you ever see that Sesame Street where you get to go into Oscar's trash can? And there's like a whole world down there. He has a bowling alley and a whole like house that he lives in. It's what? amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's legit. I have not reached that stage in my parenting yet. We were not. Wait till, wait not till Ada grows Sesame. up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll and get it's there. one of the, it's one of those things. I don't think Sesame Street's been outdone. So go back and watch vintage Sesame Street Done. and Fraggle Rock, and I think Done. you're good. Oh, She'll Fraggle be Rock was great. Fraggle Rock was <laughs> yeah. great. It was great. Wow. Okay, so like I said, Shemai comes off though as a grouch because he's so stringent about the law. He's like, if the law yeah. that God gave our people commands that, then you better darn sure do it, and right. you better not take any shortcuts do the letter of the law. And the reason that sounds grouchy to us is because we're so steeped in Jesus and in, well, what's the heart of your religion and how does it make the world better? Yeah. We forget that in rabbinic thought, God is the landlord. Israel is the tenant caretaker of the land. And it's their job to represent the ethics of Yahweh at the crossroads of civilization Right. And if and, they don't, then they get booted out of the land, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're exactly right, Heather, because the, yeah. the exile is like casting this long shadow over yeah. rabbinic thought. Like, yeah. remember how awful that was for our forefathers? Let's not do that again. And the way they think about it is like, oh, like a giant set of scales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not like dragon scales, but the ones that have weights. Yeah. And it's like if the scales are tipped too long in the favor of evil deeds over acts of righteousness or obligations to the law, which are called mitzvot. Yeah. yeah. Mitzvot, everyone. Mitzvot. Is a, it's an obligation to the law that you fulfill out of righteousness. Yeah. If enough evil outweighs this mitzvot or these good deeds, the exile could happen all over again. It yeah. would really stink. And so in the school of Shammai, the, the goal is like not just to be, you know, the vice principal or the whistleblower all the time. Ah. They're trying to protect Israel's place in God's land as God's people. And so his interpretation and everyone that kind of followed him 
were super strict around yeah. the law. If you've tracked with the chosen at all, it's like that one Pharisee that seems out to get Nicodemus. Yes. He's so rigid in his thinking. He can't even imagine leniency about yeah. the law, right? right. Yeah. So and you, result, you've talked oh, about ahead. this before, right? About how the Pharisees were trying to put a fence around Torah. Because yeah. if they felt like people tried to bust through the fence, that God would exile them again. Yeah, they're, they're actually, their philosophy or their larger way of thinking is altruistic. They're trying to do the right thing sure. and honor God. But, you know, some someone like Jesus, who comes from God and knows that scripture was actually a great gift to humanity so that they could live free and in yeah. a compelling way way yeah well, he's just not having it yeah right? kind of like so my sister when we were little burnt her arm real bad on like those little like firecracker things you know what i'm saying she so, needs to come on the show yeah she does yeah. my sister's great <laughs> i talk about her a lot but so then my dad for forever and a day and still to this day he's like whenever yeah. he sees a kid playing with a firecracker he's like oh you know, and so and like he would not let us get within 25 feet of those things growing up because, again, his experience was my kid's yeah. going to get burnt with this firecracker. And so it's just like with the Pharisees, right? Like mm-hmm. they were like, hey, we don't want to get ourselves burnt. Right. And so right. our ancestors got burnt, you know, with that little firecracker called Babylon. And we don't want that to happen to us. And so a lot of times that's we great. just. We yeah. react out of our experience, right? Like that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were reacting out of a bad experience. That doesn't necessarily happen to everybody, but yeah. it kind of makes us a little bit like knee jerky and a little bit overly sensitive, kind of like my dad was when he would see kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's so let's do a little exercise just to understand this because yeah, Hillel basically wins the day in yeah, Judaism, totes. and the totes. rabbinic Judaism that goes forward mm-hmm. interprets the text a lot more like Hillel and yeah. Shemai's a little earlier. Than Hillel. You might say Shammai's going out as Hillel is coming in right mm. before Jesus. So think on that for a second. Right? Sure. Yeah. So Shammai's way of thinking is a little farther back. It intersects with Hillel, but his way of interpreting the Torah is like old school. And you can yeah. understand why because of the exile, right? Sure. But a lot of scholars believe Shammai was more popular before the temple was sacked by Rome. And Mm -hmm. then people really uh, allowed Hillel's ideas to rise to, to like the everyday four, because while there was no temple to do all the things Shammai was saying, you have to rigidly do. Right. 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 But but just to think about these guys, we have, we have all these passages um, where we're told that Shammai says this and Hillel says this, or Hillel says this, and Shammai says you should do it this way. And it yeah. lets us see that again and again, their ideas are contrasting. So here's a good one about when to pray the Shema. Okay. Oh. It says, the house of Shammai says, in the evening, all should recline and recite the Shema. But in the morning, they should stand up. Now, why? He's going to hook it to a Hebrew Bible text from sure. Deuteronomy 6, 7. Yeah. Why? For it is written, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. So you see, you lie down at night. So whatever your position in, if, if you're reclining, you can say the Shema. But in the morning, he took rise up as you better be on your feet. True that. <laughs> Even right? though you could read it as, well, you just, you know, you rise up as in you wake up. Yeah, you sit up in bed. Yeah, sure. He, he took it as literally as possible. And yeah. then look at the next line. Yeah. But the House of Hillel says, eh, they may recite it everyone in their own way. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, just written. do it. And look at this. 
he's going to use the same verse, but the tail end of it. Okay. It says, for why? Why can Hillel say everyone may recite it in their own way? For it is written, when you walk by the way. These are both from Deuteronomy 6, 7. They basically are both arguing from the exact same verse. They just grab different clips of the verse. Sure. And they're arguing how to fulfill the the recitation of the Shema commanded in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Mm. But they come to a completely different conclusion. Isn't that hilarious? That's really, yeah, that is wild. That's really interesting. These, here's why it's important though. I mean, it's, it's interesting and nerdy. Yeah, yeah. But these are the discussions that Jesus is having in the gospels. Mm. How do you interpret it? How yeah. do you interpret yeah. the yeah. the law again right. and again? These are how they would have laid out their arguments sure. to one another, and that's why Jesus will say, "As it is written," again and again, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll pull a chunk of text and say right. that that lets you know, yeah. right? Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. That was common. So uh, yeah, this is great for our listeners because if you're trying yeah. to understand the Bible and the way the Middle Eastern world thinks, this is this is how they think, right? They're constantly trying to pull the text forward, right? They're going back to pull the text forward to say, how do I now apply this to my everyday life? How do I actually live this out, this scripture here in Deuteronomy? And so, yeah, when Jesus is saying it is written, he's doing just what our friends and I were doing. For sure. Now, I want to land in a really helpful place. Okay. And talk about why why it matters as youth pastors that work in a really broad and diverse church. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So Hillel and Shammai are famous for having completely contradictory opinions and getting each other's face in each other's faces, but then departing with honor and respect and having yeah. great regard yeah. for one another. Yeah. And a lot of times when Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees, we seem to see them as like enemies. But what's mm-hmm. actually happening is sometimes respectful debate about the Torah and what really gets Jesus in political trouble is his attack on the temple system and its corruption. Right. Right. I I think I was reading, I think it was Lois Tverberg's writing where she was talking mm -hmm. about how one time she went into a Jewish classroom where they were studying Torah. And she said she was overwhelmed because everybody was arguing and people were standing up and they were like, yeah. It was very loud and it was just like constant, like back and forth. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, is everything okay? Like in our Western world, we would walk in and we just say, oh, no, 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 no. What's wrong? But in their world, the arguing, the kind of like the sparring with one another of, you know, getting to the God's word, that was normal. It's normal for them to get after it like that. Kind of like what you were just yeah. talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that shocked me about classes at HUC. Yeah. Um, uh, at Hebrew Union College, when I first studied in a rabbinical context, I was shocked how much people would argue because my seminary classes were so nice. Yes. Everyone was kind and played. Yes. We're all on the same team here. Yeah, right? that's right. We all and there was like it. just mm-hmm. heated debate. People would stand up and be like, no, that's wrong. Right. But <laughs> they always end in a place of mutual yeah. respect and honor. Yeah. And there are all these stories of these yeah. two houses debating, but then deferring to one another. Or Hillel's ideas rising to prominence, but they not only keep Shammai's minority opinion in the discussion, right. they present it first out yeah. of reverence to their like counter discu- counterpart in their discussion. Isn't that yeah. cool? Yeah, that's really cool. That's really and, cool. And there's a critique actually in, uh, in Sanhedrin that says when the disciples of Shammai and Hillel 
who had not studied sufficiently. So basically these guys didn't learn enough to be good like Hillel and Shammai. Mm. When they grew up and grew numerous, disputes multiplied in Israel and the Torah became two Torahs. And the idea is these guys didn't copy their teacher's ability to respect the minority opinion and to disagree well. And as a result, there are two interpretations of Torah instead of a unified one. Yeah. How powerful is that Yeah. Um, in Christian community where we are sometimes really quick to misunderstand mm-hmm. one another's traditions or right. misunderstand one another's context and yeah. the goal of Christian theology. A lot of times, if you think of like debates with, uh, with Arius or debates with Pelagius is to bury mm-hmm. the other opinion. Like sure. you were wrong. We proved it. And now from this point forward, this is how we name the Trinity or this is how we name the deity yeah. of Christ. Yeah. You're done. And you're only known as a foil. Yeah. Like an evil, evil dude no. in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, like a, you're like, you know, Gargamel on the Smurfs from sure. now on. Yeah. And it's like, actually, um, we're throwing out some great children's yeah, programming the Smurfs. this episode. It's awesome. Uh, but I, I just love that the rabbinic tradition actually keeps all sides of the discussion mm-hmm. and honors all sides of the discussion. And I mm. think how much different the church would be mm. if we disagreed well mm-hmm. and with reverence and honor. So, yeah. 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 And how many more of our kids would feel honored and respected too? you know, that we're not just here to spoon feed them theology, yeah. but we're he- here to help them have a sparring match. You know, not obviously we don't want to get in a fight with a kid. Right. But but yeah. to but to allow space for them to ask honest questions and to bring their thoughts and their opinions and to, you know, to give them some some credence instead of just simply maybe shutting yeah. them down or treating them like they're dumb. So what you just said is really important. And um, I think that it is a very big turnoff to Gen Z when you try to resolve their questions or disagreements quickly or dismissively. Um, I think it was uh, Marco. um, How do I say his last name from the youth cartel? Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, His, he had a five minute podcast that was saying, whatever you think about this issue, he was saying that um, students come to youth group wondering about homosexuality Mm. or wondering about their sexual identity. Yeah. And the biggest turnoff to them is when we try to resolve that issue for them immediately sure. instead of letting the discussion happen. Right. And he was basically saying, I don't want to resolve that issue for you, mm-hmm. but these people need pastoral care, not theological argument out of True the gate. That. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you don't have a theology or that you aren't interpreting the Bible responsibly. Sure. It means journey with them and say, here are the different interpretations and yep. people land in different places and yep. that's okay. And you will always be loved and honored and respected here. Mm-hmm. And then maybe part of that discussion is, here, you know, here's my hunch and here's sure. why, but I love you no matter what. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's, this has been a great discussion today. Yeah, Mark, yeah. Thanks for teaching us about Shammai and for bringing it to a super practical level for us to take and put in our back pocket and apply to any youth pastor situation. So friends, if you want to be a part of what we're doing at First Century Youth Ministry, hop over to our Facebook page. Um, we have a Facebook group. Join us there. We like to interact with the people on our page and 
We want to get to know you more. Hop over to firstcenturyyouthministry.com and check out our Youth Workers Only trip to the land of Israel in August of 2022. And if you want to check out our parables curriculum, we've got that up on the website as well. So friends, thanks for joining us this week on the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.